You're listening to the smartest guys in marketing, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, conversions, and marketing coolness. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Taylor. What is happening, everybody? Chris Evans here, and this is the Smartest Guys in Marketing podcast. We've got a great episode today. We were on Facebook, and people asked us interesting questions live, and we gave even more interesting answers. Go ahead and enjoy. All right. At what stage do you start taking cash from businesses and roll into real estate? Christopher, that is for you, bro. I think it depends on where you're at in your business in regards to employees, cash in the bank. So I think for your business, dude, when you have Ray-Bans and a thousand bucks on your desk, you can do whatever you want. That's what I'm saying right now. Just kidding. I think that you should be a minimum of six months reserves, right? If you have the ability to go out and generate cash on demand, like whenever you want, like you have that momentum, you have that confidence. That's really, really important. If you don't, if your ability to focus on marketing sales, generating opportunity and bringing cash in the door is very, very slow or it's lagging, then I would probably be pretty concerned about you getting into real estate. So it comes down to that, dude. If you're confident in your marketing sales and you can generate cash and you have at least six months, if not 12 months reserves. Let me, uh, let me give a different answer to that. You don't like my answer? I loved your answer, but I'm just going to take it and I'm going to re- remodel it in a simpler phrase. Chris, let me ask you a question. If we had to start over today, what, what would you say? Lost everything, had to start over. No big deal. When your answer to that question is the same, you can get into real estate. It doesn't matter if well, you that make was, a that was That was very simple. <laughs> if you're terrified, if you're terrified of losing and you feel like you have no control and everything you've built is this gargantuan tower that can just blow over like a house of cards, you're not ready. That said, you can make $30,000 a month, but it's like you have such control and such specificity and such clarity, yeah. knowing exactly what you want and when you want it, you know, because we have different, we have the three months, six months cash reserves, all of these things. But for you, Andrew, it might be a little bit different. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's great. I like that a lot. We're both right. All right. Anyways, Malachi says, how do you upgrade your new normal, but not offset your reality? You want me to take that? Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple of thoughts, but you go Why first. You go, you go first. No, you, no, go. you go first. All right. Uh, reality is whatever, whatever. Reality is always offset. Every time you wake up, Malachi, your reality is different. It's, it's, a, it's a fluid, evolving state. It's not a constant. It's like gas. Not gas as in gasoline, but you know, smoke. It's changing all the time. Your reality is never the same. So how do you upgrade your new normal but not offset your reality? I would say you're actually thinking about reality the wrong way because your reality is whatever you define, whatever you say it is. So they're on the same side. It's like saying, how do I get rich without losing my house? Well, that doesn't make any sense. They're on the same side of the equation. They're not the antithesis of each other. What do you think? So I think you actually have to change your reality first, right? The, the, whole, the whole perception of people and what they think is real versus not is, I think, it's not accurate because you know the brain doesn't know the difference between a real experience, like what's real, like this phone versus me having a vision of the experience. And, and, you know, we talk about, when we give this book to our clients, psycho cybernetics, you know, the theater of the mind where you actually paint the vision, you paint the reality, you create the reality in your mind. That's, you know, linked to your goals. And what's ha- what happens is when you start to do that and you practice walking through that new reality, 
then subconsciously you start to do the right things. You start to move in the right direction. I think that's a big miss. And this is a big key that you guys can't miss. If you get it, it will change your world. So you got to change your reality first. So I think that this is uh this is maybe Nicholson, one of the, it, or maybe it's Tiger. I don't know. It's, it's some famous golfer said over 40% of your shot going in the hole is actually coming from you visualizing it going in the hole. Less than 10% is about the actual swing. That's kind of what you're mm-hmm. saying. It ties into psychosophics. Yeah. And if you get into metaphysics, that which is like fascinating to me. And uh, anyways, what you believe and how you think actually changes the DNA makeup of, of an atom. Your belief yep. is so real. It's so powerful. It's not woo-woo. Yep. And if you think that it's woo-woo, that's probably what's preventing you from moving forward. So visualization and what Chris just said is so powerful. So key. It's science, bro. It's science. All right. How do you determine prices? Jaron Jackson says, how do I determine prices, bro? I've got a quick answer for that. Teach, teach, teacher. I think you determine prices based on your confidence level. Quick and dirty. Yep. Quick and dirty. Yeah, which we can get into that more if, if you need to. Yeah, because we started says, our, our, our first, our, well, just real quick. Our first, when we first launched our program, we sold it for $3,000. Yeah. And now we sell it for a lot more than that because our you know what that's called? You know what you just said it's called? It's called truth. <laughs> right there. Hey, wave that cast real quick. Natalia says, how do you stay flexible when you have to execute a plan and something throws you off? How do you get back in the proper mindset and activity? What's your personality? Are you like really emotional or are you more steady? Yep. It's fair. I'm the emotional one of the relationship. Chris is more steady. It takes a good amount to throw me off because my personality is I'm not, you know, I don't typically have big swings. But when he does um, get thrown off, it's called Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was good. ENTJ. So, hey, this is actually an amazing personality, an amazing personality. And she's, that means she's probably got some emotions in there. So that means you're more like me than you are like Chris. Just thank your lucky stars for a minute. Just thank <laughs> God that you were born like, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I've got to put, I've got to put buffer in my day. So do you, you need to have probably three or four 30 minute sessions in your calendar that are just for buffers. So that if something does bring you off, you're still not quote losing. That makes sense. Also self-awareness is going to be huge for you. So you need to have, I would say no less than three pockets during the week of like 45 minutes to an hour where you're just journaling, thinking, self-reflecting, maybe a little bit of study. This is kind of what happened with me yesterday. This is why Chris sent me home is because I haven't really, I'm an ENTJ. Well, I'm an INTJ and I vacillate back and forth between the two. And I went a long time without my normal three to four hour a week self-awareness time. And I just started losing my, so you got to have really good self-awareness as an ENTJ or what'll happen is you'll literally cut everyone's neck. You're Steve Jobs' personality, ENTJ. Yep. Okay. Anything else to add to that? Well, it's just important to know who you are. Right. So it's awesome that she knows her Myers-Briggs. And if you guys don't, if you haven't taken it, and if you don't know who you are, like what, here's the thing. We talked about this at our lead event, uh, I think two events ago. January. Was it January? Just that as entrepreneurs, we are high maintenance. Right? We are high performing machines. And a lot of times we don't treat ourselves like that. One, we don't understand that. Two, we're not okay with that. Or we think there's something wrong with this. And three, we just don't do the right things. Like if you're a Bugatti, you know, you're, you're paying high dollar for that oil change. 
right? If you're a high performing entrepreneur, you have to invest the time and the money for self-care and just understanding the machine that you are so that you're taking care of yourself properly. Bro, you are an animal in Gosh, your yeah. most primal state today. I'm just spitting fire. Karen says, what kind of real estate do you guys invest in and how do you manage those properties? Single family. We have three markets that we invest in. We have one partner in one of the markets that manages them. And then we have an equity partner who is with us in the other two markets and they manage those properties. It's been a lot of work. If we weren't just like owners and we had to own it, I would say we probably would have just found a company invested in them. What do you say? It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. We, ha- we have to own it. And we're better at most people at running systems and businesses. So I kind of felt like we just needed to do it. We needed to build it. And we're builders. We're builders. We got to do the builds. Bob the builder. Lily says, how old are you both? I am 30 years old. 37. 37. There you go. What are some of your wisdom? I'm probably like Gandalf. So a few hundred. Love that, man. I really love that. What are some of your weaknesses as an INTJ that you're aware of? I don't think that it's wise to define yourself as like a, a cumulative combination of strengths and weaknesses because your weaknesses define you in a way that don't necessarily, they, they amplify your strengths. So I would say some of the things that I watch out for, although I wouldn't necessarily call them weaknesses are, you know, like I have to have a lot of maintenance and a lot of upkeep and a lot of time alone. And if I don't, I kind of freak out. They're blind spots. Yeah, exactly. That's a way better way to define them. Sometimes I'm unaware of how what I say to people affects them. Even though I have an intuitive sense, me and Chris will attest to this, like I've just completely crippled people because it's like there's the right way and there's the wrong way. I think a lot of people who are INTJ, they see things in a grid and it's very obvious what's right and what's wrong and what's not necessarily in the right order. And they'll just go in and fix it at whatever cost to people. So that's something that we have to watch out for, which is a lot of times why I'll lean on the people around me, Chris, Tommy, our COO, and I'll be like, how should I communicate this? Or should I communicate this at all? I tend to have a very non-subjective view of right and wrong as well. So if you think that something's wrong and I think it's right, I'll kill you in front of everyone. You know, I got to be careful on all those things. That said, none of those are necessarily weaknesses unless you're unaware of them and they just kind of take over your life. Would you agree with that, Chris? Why don't you tell them some of the weaknesses or blind spots that you see in my personality that I have to work on? This is interesting. This is really good, actually, because you probably see it better than I do. I would agree with you. I think your weaknesses are really your strengths as well. It's just having it kind of a little bit honed in. Like when it's honed and it's focused like a laser, it could be really powerful, but it could also be like it it could be a monster. Yeah if you don't understand it and you're not able to identify it. But one thing that you are very, very, very good at, probably better than anybody I've seen is the ability to recognize it and adapt. And like, you're, you're able to like really hone those things, especially I was talking to Bryant, you know, the other day, we were just talking about just your growth curve in the last six months. Oh, thanks bro. And how much you've changed. And it's all because of Kate. No, just kidding. Most of it is. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. One more question. Seth is on here. He said, oh, this is juicy. Dude, Greg the G. Hickman decided to come out of his cave in Colorado and join us here today. He's probably snowed in still out there. Welcome welcome back to the world of men, Greg. (laughs) Victor says, do you use, and if you guys, you're just joining, Rocky, Seth, Greg, Dave, what's up, Shannon? 
Uh, we're just doing a little Q&A here, and nothing's off limits. Nothing. Saying nothing. Do you use organic strategies to get clients? If so, how do you effectively use it to get clients? Um, yes, we use it. Yeah, bro. Are you in Smartest Guys in Marketing? This is organic. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes, I'm yes. in Smartest Guys, man. You can see what we're doing there. And Greg says, how about, you just, how about you just shut up, Greg? 85 degrees. It'll probably hey, snow tomorrow. It'll be like he's been, 30 degrees. Greg has been running like training to run marathons because I think in his like twisted psychology, he doesn't have enough to do in his business. So he just goes out and punishes himself on the hills of Colorado. You can't call him mountains because he lives in Denver. He's not like actually on the mountain. Dude, Greg, you better just come back into our world, dude, because he can't handle that, dude. Jay says every aspect of our personalities. That's not a question. If anybody has any questions, let us know. If not, we're going to wrap up. Jay. Today's been a good show. If you missed it, go back and watch the replay. We talked about some really good stuff. Dude, you know what would be crazy? Tell us. If we talked about one of our products. Look at this, y'all. That's too smart. The Intelligent Advertiser. Since this is the smartest guys in marketing uh, podcast, maybe we should do some marketing. What is the website? What? Intelligent Advertiser book. What is the link for that? Intelligentadvertiserbook.com. No, it's not. It's just Intelligent Advertiser. (laughs) Come on. See? I don't even know, man. Yeah, Greg says he's got a question coming for you. Yeah, Intelligent Advertiser. This isn't just a book. If you go to intelligentadvertiser.com, it's actually a bundle. So there's a lot more stuff in here. There's All the book. Um, hey, what did you think about the book? If you've gotten the book, if you've read it, what were your thoughts? Was it eye-opening for you? Did it change some of your philosophy about running ads? Tell us. Tell us your feedback because we're interested in it. We've got a new book coming up in August. It's going to change your life as well. It's called Awaken the Giant Within. Oh, Chris changed his name to Tony, and I changed my last name to Robbins. So together, we're going to launch a new, uh, a new influencer brand called Tony yeah. Robbins. Robbins. <laughs> book was, uh, Jaren says, book was smiley face fire, smiley face fire. Oh, I love that, Jaren. Package. Okay, Greg has a question. Your interview with Tyler, you mentioned high ticket model and how you're adding products at the top, the middle, and the bottom. And how you see the model changing on it or your approach to it changing. Can you elaborate? Chris, basically what this was, we were talking about the differences in us a year and a half ago where we only sold high ticket versus now where we're, ta- we're taking and packaging up expertise and releasing it for lower prices. I don't know if you want to get into what you see changing down the road, but this would actually be a Chris question because he's the one that sees the future and I do not. Yeah, I just think that as the last several years, there's been such a saturation in the market the value of a lead has gone way down. And so we don't want just leads. We want customers, especially at the level of our business. And we're going to multi-millions for in a month. And so we can't just rely on leads, right? In the traditional sense. So that's really what we're doing is we're going out and we're putting a lot of focus on acquiring customers. And especially at our level, again, at seven figures a month to multiple seven figures a month, we really have to get way ahead Basically, uh, people coming in on, on our back end, like we have to be months and months out. So right now I'm acquiring customers who are going to come in to our back end six months, right? Where we, our revenue was so much smaller that we didn't have to do that, right? So I think it depends on where you're at in your business. If you're doing 50 grand a month or hundred grand, you don't have to do that. Yeah, I agree. And if you've read the book, Intelligent Advertiser, you've been through the bundle, you've seen the million uh, or the, the, I don't know if was million dollar a month. That was in one of the funnels, but it wasn't included yeah. in the package. If you've seen any of the training 
and you think it was amazing. Imagine for a minute what your life would be like if you worked one-on-one with us. Just saying, bro. Just saying. Tanner Chidester came in and he was doing $30,000 a month. Less than you, Greg the G. He did $85,000 on Friday. Is projecting $830,000 this month. Just saying. Always, always look at the next level. Don't just be content because you got a few good gold nuggets from a piece of paper that somebody wrote for you, although it's a amazing the opportunity to get this book is amazing don't be content with that always look for the next level what would it look like if you're getting this type of quality from us on the front imagine what we could do on the back i think that's where we should end today's show love it you guys are amazing let's rock and roll adios